Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. First John, First John chapter 4. Uh, we're going to begin in verse 7. We're going to put it up on the big Bible in the sky as well. So you can read it off of there. And uh, John here, the apostle, he's talking about love. And I love how he describes love, how he talks about it. Beginning in verse 7, look at what he says. He says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from who? God. From God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love this is how God showed us his love amongst us he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him this is love not that we loved God but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins dear friends since God so loved us we also ought to love one another no one has ever seen God but if we love one another God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. How good is that? Go down to verse 16. Skip a couple verses. Go down to 16. Toward the end of 16, I love what he says here. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear, because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. Verse 19. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. That's one. And he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister sister come on how good is that right there first john chapter four out of first john chapter four we want to share a message today that we've been uh, kind of working on for the past couple of weeks and uh, we're excited to kick this off today today i want to talk to you out of the subject write this down i want to talk to you out of the subject let's get it right somebody write that down come on let's get it right anybody ready to talk about relationships and love Come on, next week we're going to talk about conflict in marriage. Come on, how many know there's conflict in relationships? Not in ours, maybe in yours, but we just want to talk about it. And uh, we're going to talk, we're going to get talk all about uh, relationships, marriage. We're excited about it. Come on, before we get started, why don't we pray? Let's close our eyes, bow our heads, and let's ask God to bless this time together. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for this time together. Thank you for this brand new season in church life as we're talking about relationships, as we're talking about love, and we're looking to you, God. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. God, we believe that in Calvary, you want to give us, God, the best marriages on the planet, God. I believe that you're for us. I believe that you're with us. God, thank you for what you're doing in this community from Kendall to the city, the 9 a.m., the 11 a.m., the 1 p.m., and the 7 p.m. God, thank you for what you're doing in this city, in this community, in this church. God, we love you, and uh, we pray that today you may heal lives. We pray that you may restore marriages, God, in Jesus' name. We pray that you may lift up the heads of those that are discouraged, those that can't seem to understand what you have for love. God, we believe that today you want us to begin again. Have your way in our lives. God, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts for bringing back the hometown hero, Dwayne Wade, Mr. 305. Thank you for bringing him back. And we're on the way to the championship now. In Jesus' name, all God's people say, 
Oh, come on, 11 a.m. All God's people say amen, amen, amen. amen. Uh, let's talk first a little bit about us. I, I think that'll be proper to start a little bit so you guys know how we started and just some of the challenges that we've had. Not much, small little challenges, uh, but we've had a few. So, so we met and started talking in the year 2008. Yeah. In the year 2008, uh, I was in church. I was in the front row, kind of like where Mike is, right there. I was right in the front, and I saw Diana walk into church, and she fell in love with me, and it's just been after me since then. <laughs> and and right. we were in church. So I would say it was about September 2008 yeah. Yeah. that we started talking. Right. Later on that year, around November, December, we started uh, going out. I don't know if we have a picture of us when we used to date, uh, but that was us. We... Guys, this is so embarrassing. Look at that beard. What in the world? <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking in 2008, but... Uh... <laughs> oh, jeez. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody thankful for grace? And... Um... So that was us in 2008, and um, in two, <laughs> December, December we, we started dating, yes. and uh, we just hit it off. It was awesome, and less than a year later, November 21st, we got married. November 21st, 2009, yeah. we got married, and maybe that's we could show a wedding picture. That was us getting married, and uh, the day Diana met Salvation, and the day her life just became awesome. You were very awesome. excited, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are like, you guys got married pretty fast. I'm like, Jesus is coming back soon. You know what I'm saying? Got to hurry up. And um, so that's, <laughs> so, so that was us. And, and I would say uh, it was awesome. Our time together was great, right, as far as us getting to know one another, dating, yeah. even the first few months of marriages. But, but we had just one small challenge we want to talk about. For example, one of the things that we always did, that I would always do, is I, was, I would always bring Diana flowers, right? Like, I, I think, you know, she's a girl. So sweet. Yeah. He figures all, all girls like flowers, right? Like, yeah. all girls yeah. appreciate so flowers. I, I would, like, you know, spend all my budget on flowers, right? Like, she likes flowers, enjoys flowers. And so while we were dating, I would bring her flowers. And even, like, the first few months of marriage until one day, you just told me straight up. I just felt really bad that I just don't like flowers. And so I couldn't get myself to tell him before that, hey, thanks, but no thanks. Like, don't spend your money on flowers. I'm not a flower chocolate kind of girl. And then finally, anybody the day, else, any girls in here that don't like flowers? There has to be see. a girl that's with me. Wow, yes, July. come on. Wow, <laughs> guys, don't buy flowers this week. Just don't. It would have saved me a lot of money yes, if I would have known this earlier. <laughs> Why? Because they just die, you said. So I told them that day, I'm like, flowers, they, I don't like them. They die. I forget they're there, and then they stink, and then I have to throw them out. It's like more work for me, so give me something else, or let's just go out. I don't know. Just don't bring me flowers. I just don't like flowers. <laughs> Obviously, we had different views on what we thought each other liked. It's funny because we can have different views on small things, but how many know sometimes we can have different views on big things? Yeah. Right, and what we come to find out is this, is that we need to have the same view on love. Because how we view love will determine how we live love. Right. I think this is really important. Right, and we could all have so many different perspectives. Maybe because of the way that we've lived, the way that we were raised, how we grew up, our perspectives and our thought and our opinion on love, it could be very different. But one thing that I know uh, for sure is that our perspective on love will determine our direction in love. Yeah. And I don't know how you view love today. I don't know what your thoughts, your opinion on love is. I don't know if when you think of love, you think about um, flowers and, you know, chocolates and everything's pretty and it's rainbows and butterflies and it's just this beautiful Disney love story. Um, but maybe you're here and your perspective of love could be a little bit different. Maybe you think of love and you think of pain and you think of hurt and disappointment. Maybe you think of betrayal. 
I know some of us might uh, look at love with a mountaintop perspective where everything is so great and it's so beautiful, but there's maybe some of us here in this place that might look at love from a valley kind of place. Yeah, absolutely. I think that our view on love is going to determine our outcome on love. Right. Right. So maybe today we're in here and we're like, man, we're not getting the full experience of what love really is. It's probably because we haven't fully came to the knowledge of true love. Right. Maybe you're in here today and you walked into a relationship series and you're like, oh, great. Here we go. We're going to talk about marriage. We're going to talk about dating. We're going to talk about love. And, and like Diana said, maybe you've had a, a valley experience and you're just like, I don't want to talk about love. Right. Maybe somebody in here, you just you're fresh out of divorce and you're just like, man, the last thing I want to talk about is love. I, I'm not experiencing love. I haven't experienced what love is. I, I don't want to talk about it. maybe you're here. Uh, you're single and, and you've been looking for a while and you can't seem to to find right love and you're just like I, I don't want to talk about it I'm not there I really believe that some people you walked in here today and maybe you're hurting because love hasn't been what you've expected maybe you today you're carrying around some stuff because you, you know what love can get complicated the truth is that there's been trouble in relationships how many know that marriage comes with trouble Marriage comes with conflict. Uh, there's different types of statistics, but I, I heard one recently that said there's a 50% chance of couples that will last when they're newlyweds. 50% chance of them are going to make it. That's, that's a staggering statistic, right? If somebody were to tell you, hey, you're about to jump on a plane, and there's a 50% chance your plane is going to make it to the destination, how many know we're not getting on that plane? Don't give me no 50%. Give me 99.99999, right? There's a 50% chance that marriages will make it, but yet how many of us rush into relationships and rush into marriages without fully being prepared for marriage, right? Like, wait, wait, wait. If, if this thing is a little bit more work than I thought, if it's more than rainbows and butterflies and chocolate-covered strawberries and flowers, which nobody likes, right? If it's more than that then I think we need to prepare. And what I've come to find out is that if you fail to prepare, then you're preparing to fail, yeah. right? I heard a, another statistic recently that said actually couples who are in a church community who go through premarital and actually go through marital counseling, actually their divorce rate is somewhere around 5 to 10%. That means that God can give you an awesome relationship. God can give us awesome marriages. Come on, anybody believing that God can turn things around? Come on, I'm believing that. Yeah, but I believe that everyone, that we have to be intentional with everything that we do. We have to be intentional in the way that we live at our relationships. Because how many, many of you know that uh, nothing great just happens by accident? So there's a part that we play. We have to be intentional in how we uh, live out our lives, how we uh, take care of our relationships. And like Alex says, uh, yeah, there's many things that could go wrong, but at the same time, believe this today, that God is for you, God is for us, God is for our relationships, God is for our marriages, God is for our families, so we have God on our side. Absolutely, I believe that today, if there's one thing that I want you to know, regardless of whatever your past has been, God is for you. God is for your relationships, God is for your marriage, God is for your home, God is for your family. Come on, anybody believe in that at 11 a.m.? God is for us. God is for marriage. God is for having blessed families. I love what 1 John talks about. Here we have the Apostle John, and he's writing a letter. And somewhere along the middle of the letter, he begins to talk about love, right? He begins to talk about love. What I love is that he gives a clear definition on love. 
right? Maybe we're in here today and we're like, what is love, right? Uh, maybe a bunch of us will have different definitions of what love is. Some of us are like, well, love for me, you know, there, there's a five languages of love. Love for me is affirmation. Love for me is touch. Can I get an amen? All the fellas. Uh, love for me is um, a bunch of different things, right? But, but if we want let's to, get, let's get down to the foundation today. What is love? John, he's writing about love, and he gives the clearest definition we would ever know about love. He says, God is love. God is love. You have a question about love? Look to God, and God is the definition of what love looks like, what, God is, what, what love is supposed to act like, how love is supposed to behave, how love is supposed to react. We want to know love? Come on, let's look to God to know love. In other words, in other words, your past experience is not the true definition of love. Right. And I believe that for us, it's so easy to define something by what our experience has been. And I think it's the same thing with love. I don't know what our experience of love has been, what your experience has been. Like I said earlier, maybe it's the way that you grew up, your upbringing, your family. Um, but the reality is that what we have experienced in our own lives, perhaps the pain or the good or the ups, the downs, uh, it's not the exact definition of what love is. And I love the way that the Bible says that God is love, Absolutely. that we get to define love not by our own experience, but, but who God is, his character, who he is, and that our, our past experience cannot dictate um, our future, our future expectations. There are things that God has for our lives, but they cannot be dictated by ourselves, by our own um, experience of things in life. And so today, um, I believe that maybe we need to focus our attention back to the source of love, of who God is. And we just want to give you a few uh, just points, a few things that I, I believe can help us that are foundation in our relationships. Wherever you find yourself here today, whether you're single, married, divorced, remarried, whatever stage of life you're in, that I believe if we take these things that they can help us when having a healthier and stronger relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Really believe that uh, today and uh, next week, we want to give you some handles on how our relationships can be better. Anybody want a better marriage? better relationships come on anybody at 11 a.m. want one want better okay I got a few handles and we're gonna talk about a few of them the first thing that I think we need to know to have better relationships better marriage the most important thing I would say number one is that we need to know God somebody say that with me know God Right, and relationships are important. I think a lot of us in here we're we're in different types of relationships. We have all kinds of relationships. Some of us are dating somebody. Some of us are getting to know somebody. Some of us are looking for somebody. Like Josh, he's still looking, but we're praying for him. Maybe, maybe you're already in a marriage relationship, right? And you have your spouse, your husband, your wife. Oh, there's all different kinds of relationships, right? Uh, but today, what I want to tell you is this. There is one relationship that is more important than any other relationship, and that is our relationship with God, our creator, with God, our father, with God who made us, right? As we kick this thing off, as we're talking about relationships, I want to bring the focus back to the most important relationship. It is God. How, how well do you know God? Not just knowing about God. There's a difference between knowing about God and truly knowing God. Are you pursuing God? Do you have a life that walks with God? Are you seeking after God? It's important. I think so many people are, are looking for something instead of focusing on the someone that is God. I'm just looking for someone, Alex. I'm tired of being single. Alex, I've been in church for a while, and I don't see no prospects, right? Believe it or not, there's some people fishing in here right now, right? 
Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're up here, you know, sharing our hearts, and somebody's sitting in the seat with binoculars looking all around. Like, I'm just looking. Right? I think what you should focus on is writing some notes and leaning in and saying, how can I be a better Christian? How can I be a better follower of Jesus? Right? Let's go after him. Right? A lot of us, what we were trying to look for is looking for someone else. Like, I'm just looking for someone. I'm just looking for somebody to complete me. I'm looking for somebody to come. I I want somebody to complete me, Alex. Right? (laughs) I want somebody to complete me. The truth is that marriage does not complete you. Marriage reveals you. Right? A lot of us, we want to get married, and we think that once we get married, oh, I'm going to be complete. I got my sugar foot, my better half, oh, mi media naranja, right? But the truth is, if God is first in your life, he should complete you already. So when you go into a relationship, you're complete and whole and ready to chase Jesus with your partner. All right? So, so today, I would ask single and married, are you, is God the first and most important relationship in your life? Are you seeking him? Are you after him? Look at what Jesus says in in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then he'll give you everything you need. All right, what, what are your needs today? What are you looking for? Oh, I'm single. I'm just looking for somebody. Or I'm married and I just want a better relationship in my marriage. Wait a minute. Seek first the kingdom of God and then he'll give you everything you need. Come on. Let's take it back to the basics. Let's remember. Seek first the kingdom of God. Come on. I'm going to live a life that is God chasing, that is God honoring, that is God pleasing. That's what God desires in my life first. Single people, you know how you want to find somebody that is going to help you in your relationship, that's going to help you in the long term? You put him number one in your life. Right, and as you're chasing him and looking after him, every once in a while, you, you put your head up and you look around, and if there's somebody else, right, that's chasing after him, you're like, oh, okay, okay, that's a prospect now, right? But you're busy chasing God. Chase God a little bit more, and if they're chasing him because they want to, not because they want you, but because they want him, then that's a very good prospect for marriage right there. All right? Here's the problem. A lot of us are looking for the one. Have you heard that, right? Everybody's looking for the one. I just, I just want my soulmate. I just want, just want my soulmate, right? Like, just want the one. I just want the, I just want the one, right? I just want my soulmate. I want the one. Here's the thing. God should be your one and your spouse should be your two. God should be your one and your spouse should be your two. For single people, write this down. Write this down, right? Write this down. It says, seek the one while preparing for the two. Seek the one while preparing. Alex, I just want to find somebody. Are you even ready for that somebody? Right? Do you even got a job, a J-O-B? Yeah, I've read the book of Job. No, that's Job. That's not what I'm talking about. Right? A lot of people want to get married, want to get in relationships. You can't even take a girl on a date. Mommy has to give you 30 bucks to take a girl on a date. Come on, get a job first. Be responsible. Seek the one and get prepared. You know what I'm saying? So that way you can walk into a relationship better prepared. I've read the book of Job. Isn't that a joke? Are you prepared? Are you seeking the one? Are you working on you first, right? I, I want to know God. When I, when I met Diana, the first time I saw Diana, I was front row in the church. I was seeking God, right? right? Like I wasn't out there thirsty, trying to drink out of every well. Can I get an amen? Right? I was in church in the front row, listening to my youth pastor. I wanted to become a leader. I wanted to be a better follower of Jesus. And as I was busy seeking the one, he brought along my two.
right? Uh, what, what are you doing today to know God better, to seek God better? Whether you're married or single, here's the problem, even for married people, is that we put unrealistic pressure and expectations on our spouse to complete us and fill things in our life that only God can complete. Right? And so all of a sudden it's like, oh, I want my husband or my wife to fill me and to satisfy me and to give me validation and affirmation. The problem is you're putting unrealistic expectations on another flawed human being. Where two flawed human beings, our completion and validation should come from God. Once we're complete in him, our relationships are going to be so much better. I love John because John says, if you know God, right, then you know love. Right? Literally what he's saying is, once we get to know God, we will know the character of God. And we will know the character of love. You want a better relationship? You want a better marriage? When you know God, how many know? Then we'll know forgiveness better. <laughs> Don't elbow nobody right now, right? But, but how many know in relationships, we're going to need some forgiveness, right? There's going to be a little bit of conflict. There's going to be a little bit of trouble, maybe a whole lot, right? But, but there's going to be some forgiveness that's needed. I love that Diana said that Jesus was the embodiment of God, of love here on earth, right? And Jesus says, oh, you're going to have to forgive your neighbor 70 times 7. Oh, wait, 70 times 7. What is that, Alex? That's 40-something. I already forgave her like 50 times, right? No, what he meant was forgive and keep on forgiving. I already forgave her many times. I already forgave him a whole bunch of times. You want a long-lasting relationship? You want a better relationship? You want a better marriage? Come on, let's start with forgiveness at the base, the character of God, that he's forgiven us when we've been unfaithful. He's forgiven us when we've walked away from him. He's forgiven us when we've looked other ways. I'm not saying be a welcome home, Matt, and let everybody step all over you and your spouse step all over you. That's not what I'm saying. If you're in a bad relationship and you're taking abuse, you do not need to be there. You need to get out. God does not honor that. But, but I believe that nowadays we're just looking for any little excuse to get out of marriage, right? I woke up the other day and she had bad breath. I'm getting a divorce. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Give her some scope. Work that thing out, right, and keep working on your marriage, right? Do, but, but that only comes when we know God. To say, wait a minute, we're to work some of these things out. What are the characters of love? What are some things that I can take from God to work in my relationship and my marriage? Forgiveness is one. How about gentleness? How about kindness, right? It's so easy after you've been somebody 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and all of a sudden kindness and gentleness, they go out the window. All of a sudden, long-suffering goes out the window. All of a sudden, there's attitudes and mood swings. And it's like, wait a minute. If we want to build a great relationship, it comes from knowing God. I love it because knowing God gives us an incredible roadmap to all of our relationships. Yeah, and I love that idea of God giving us a roadmap because sometimes we, we think of God and, and, and what God speaks into our lives, like do's and don'ts, but in reality, he's just giving us every step that we need to be successful in the things that he has for us. And so the second thing that I want us to understand is that in relationships, we need to choose well. And I love that because, you know, um, we, I believe that we need to filter every decision that we make through the knowledge of God, through the knowledge of who God is. I mean, we make decisions every day. Some of them are no-brainers. Some of them are easy decisions, right? But some of them could be difficult decisions in life. Some of them could be decisions that might have us questioning if what we're going to do is right. Some of them might be decisions that might have us doubting. Some of them might be decisions that are going to be painful for us to make. But if I believe that if we filter every single choice that we have in life through who God is, that we're always going to choose well. I believe that if we choose to follow God's direction, 
then our, our decisions will always be the right ones. We will always choose well. And, you know, I believe that. I don't know uh, about you, but I know that our emotions can sometimes be the one that lead that leads our, our, our decisions, our choices in life. And we talk about this all the time, that our, our emotions are great just companions. They're great to, you know, be with us, but they're terrible drivers. Yeah. But how many of us can say today, today that our emotions have actually been on the driver's seat for way too long? How many of us can say that, hey, for the past few years of my life, the one that has been making decisions has been my emotions. It's how I feel, what I like, what I don't want, what I want to do, what I don't want to do. But the reality is that we need to get to a place where we take everything back to God. Where we say, God, what is it that you want me to do? Regardless of how we feel, regardless of what we want or don't want to do, God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And we need to learn how to live today with our future in our minds. Because what we need to understand is that the decisions that we make today will shape our tomorrow. So there might be things in our lives that might seem a little bit insignificant today. There might be things in our lives that might seem like, oh, it's not a big deal. But they're not a big deal until we find ourselves in our future realizing that, hey, actually, I needed to have thought a little bit more through that decision that I made. And that's why, we, why I say, hey, let's take everything back to God. Let's take everything back to what he says, to his character. Alex was saying about the character of God and what defines love. Hey, let's go back to that and let's, let's seek God and ask God, hey, what do you want me to do in this choice and this decision that I'm facing in my life? Because it's very easy to go with our emotions. But I believe that when we do that, when we take everything back to God, our decisions will begin to look a little bit different. I mean, if you're in this place today, you can say that, hey, if I take everything to God, then I will decide and I will, cho I will choose to live a life of purity. Because I want to honor God. Because I understand there is blessing in that. Because I know that I want to get into my future in the right place. That if I take everything to God, then what I'm going to do is that I'm not going to go sleep around and I'm not going to have sex before marriage because I want God to bless my life. Because I want to get to my future not carrying a bunch of things that didn't belong there. Because I want to live with my life, with my future in, in my mind. Because it's very easy to find ourselves making decisions for today. And I don't know what your vision of your future looks like. But I imagine you have high hopes and expectations. I imagine that you believe and you want it to be great. But how are our choices today? Are the choices that we are making today leading us to the place where we want to be tomorrow? If you're married here today, the reason why we choose to honor the commitment and the covenant that we made before God and our spouse is because we want to have in the future a long-lasting relationship. The reason why we choose to forgive today is because we don't want to live our tomorrow filled with grudges and pain and anger. The reason why we don't move in with every boyfriend and girlfriend we have is because we want to follow the path that God has for us the right way. Because we believe that there's a purpose in everything that God has for us. You know, it's very easy to make some decisions. It's very easy to say, hey, I love you, so we're just going to move in and try this thing out. And if it doesn't work out, then we'll move out. But hey, you know what? You might do that three and four times. And all we're doing is really practicing divorce. All we're doing is going through life and realizing how easy it is to just walk out. But when we choose to go to God and filter every decision that we make through what God says, then the outcome, it's going to be different. Then our future is going to look a lot different. I love the idea that God lives in our future and he's waiting. And the, like the word says, he has, he has a, a hope and a future for us. But are our decisions today aligned with what he has for our lives? 
And I don't know what decisions you've made up to this, until this point in your life. But I know none of us here are perfect, so I know that we've all made wrong decisions in our lives. I'm not speaking to you as someone that has gotten everything right every single time. I've made some poor decisions in my life. I made some decisions out of my own emotions. I made some decisions out of my today feelings and emotions. But what I love is that God is a God of second chances. What I love is that God is a God that every day gives us new mercies. That every day we can wake up and say, hey God, regardless of what I did yesterday, regardless of what I've done to this point, I want you to help me make better choices. And I love in the book of Lamentations, the prophet says this in Lamentations 3.19. He talks about just how he has felt in the past and how much pain he's gone through. But then he remembers the goodness of God. It says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I love this hope. This hope that we have in Jesus. That whether you're single and you've made the wrong decisions or you're married and you've been making the wrong decisions, that today could be the day where we decide to make the right choices. That today could be the day where we decide to choose well. That today could be the day where we say, God, I want my life to be aligned with you with your will i want my life to be aligned with the future that you have for me with the hope that you have for me i want you to remind me that there is a future for me i want you to remind me that you can help me and give me the strength to choose well today and my prayer is that we would do that this morning that we would leave this place asking god to help us and i believe that god is faithful to do that that when we look to God and when we ask him for help, regardless of how we feel, regardless of what our emotions are telling us, that God's going to say, hey, I'm going to honor you and I'm going to see you through this. And you're going to get to your future the right way. You're going to get to the right place because you have chosen to choose well. Absolutely. I think uh, choices are important. They're absolutely important. And maybe you, you're in here, you, you've made some poor choices. You've made some bad decisions. Hopefully today, as we're talking about relationships, you say, you know what, I need to go back. I need to make God the number one priority in my life. I need to begin choosing well, whether you're single or married or divorced or whatever it is. Your choices today will affect your tomorrow, like Diana said. Number one, know God. Number two, that we would choose well. And Third and finally, I think as we kick off this series and start this talk, I think the third thing that we need to do is that we need to build right. How have we built our relationships? How have we built our our marriages? How have we built our homes? How have we built our our family life? It's so easy to build on the wrong things, right? It's going to take some work and it's going to take some dedication and discipline to build on the right things. But I think if we want great marriages, great relationships, we're going to have to build not on sand, but build on the rock. I think a lot of us, what we've done maybe many times in our life is that we've built our relationships and our marriages on sand right we we have sand foundation in our lives and then when difficulties come and when complication comes and when storms come it, it doesn't last i love what jesus said about building on the rock in matthew chapter 7 look at what jesus says he says therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock the rain came down the stream rose and the winds blew in the, and beat against the house yet it did not fall because they had his foundation on what? On the rock. And then he says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice 
is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. It says the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew a beat against it, and it fell with a great crash. I wonder if some of us were building relationships and expectations and marriages on sand. I've heard so many people just begin to focus their life on, on sand kind of stuff. Like, Alex, I'm looking for somebody, but I want somebody with, with good looks. I want somebody with status. I want somebody with money. At the end of the day, all that is sand, right? Like, ah, oh, I just want to marry a good-looking guy, Alex. I'm looking for somebody in church. I'm praying for somebody that's six foot five, blonde hair, blue eyes, a six-pack like you. And I said, I know, but this takes a lot of work. But, <laughs> right? But we have sand expectations, right? The Bible says that beauty fades. Alex, I want a, a girl that, oh my God, that I see her in magazines and all over the place. Beautiful, blonde hair, big eyes. Oh my God, that's the kind of girl I want. The Bible says in Proverbs 30, that doesn't last. That's all sand. Oh, one day, all that is going to fade away, right? Beauty's going to go. Wrinkles are going to come in. The body's going to start to sag. We're all going to get old and gray. And if you built it on the sand, then your marriage and relationship will not last. Right? How are we building our marriages? How are we building our relationships? Instead of looking for the 6-5, how about you look for the 5-6 that's focused on Jesus, serving him, that's a leader, that is after God, that's a man of God, that is in prayer. Come on, we're building on the rock. I'm building on a solid foundation. I want my marriage to last. I want this relationship to go the long haul. Come on, we want to build marriages that go on. Oh, if you're building a relationship on a pretty house and a nice car and a white picket fence, all that is great. I'm not against it. I'm for it. But you can't build it on that. See, at the end of the day, when complications and storms and streams come up against you, will it last? Will it last? Some of us, maybe you're in and you're like, man, we, we built our marriage on the wrong things. We've never had a God foundation. Guess what? Today's a brand new day like that. I said. Oh, I, I started a relationship on the wrong foot. I've been chasing people and chasing men and chasing women for the wrong thing. It's a brand new day. New mercy, new grace. Let's get it right today. Come on. Let's begin love and let's begin our relationships on the right foundation. And it's Jesus. Come on, why don't we all stand up on our feet all across this place. We want to pray for marriages. We want to pray for relationships today. At the outset of this brand new talk, I want us to focus on God. I'm going to ask everybody, if you can, can you close your eyes and bow your head? all over this place every eye closed every head bowed maybe you're in here today and, and you say Alex I, I don't know God I'm far from God before we pray for marriages and relationships maybe you're in here and you say Alex I'm I feel distant from God I feel far away from God I've messed up too much maybe you're in here and you say Alex I want a godly relationship I want a godly home I, I want a godly marriage but you don't know God and you're like I don't even know this God that you're talking about I'm far from God I've made too many mistakes I've made some poor choices. I don't have a relationship with this God that you guys are talking about. Here's the good news. He wants a relationship with you. He loves you. He's a God of second chances, third chances, fourth chances. He loves you more than you can imagine. And today he's, he's waiting for you with arms open wide. Before you can have a great relationship in marriage, before you can have a great relationship in this life, you first need a great relationship with God. The truth is that he loves you and he's after you. With every eye closed, every head bowed. Come on, the church is praying. If you're in here today and you say, Alex, I feel far from God. I feel distant from God. I feel like God wants nothing to do with me. Here's the bottom line. All of us are sinners. 
I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. We've all failed God in one way or another. And the Bible says that sin separates us from God. God can't be with sin, so what did he do? He sent his son Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin, your sin, our failures, all of our flaws, all of our mistakes. The Bible says that Jesus put it on his shoulders. He went up to a cross. Jesus died for the sins of humanity, for my sins and your sins. For all of our guilt, for all of our shame, he carried it. The Bible says he died on that cross, then he went down into a grave. And the Bible says that he was dead for three days, and after three days, he resurrected. Jesus, he's alive. He's the hope of humanity. He's the peace that you've been looking for. Today, he wants to give you life and life to the fullest. Come on, as the church is praying, I'm going to count to three in a moment. And when I count to three, I believe hands are going to go up across this auditorium in the additional seating as well, online or on the radio. If you need a relationship with God today, if you're saying, Alex, I need forgiveness, I want a brand new start. The Bible says today's a day of salvation. Tomorrow is promised for no one. Today, God can give you a brand new beginning. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done, how little or how big. Today, there's forgiveness in the house. Today, Jesus is here. When I count to three of that seal, I want you to raise your hand wherever you're at. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. I just want you to raise your hand. I'm going to see you for a second, and then you can put it right back down. Come on, as every eye is closed, every head is bowed. One, two, three. Raise your hand all across this auditorium. Can you raise it up as high as you can, just for a minute, just so I can see you? God bless you. 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 I see 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 you. God bless 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 you. I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Come on. Come on, church. God is good. Anybody else? I see you back there. Awesome. Anybody else? I see you. I see you here to the right. I see you. Anybody else who raise your hand all the way in the back? I see you. Awesome. Anybody else who want to make the decision today to start a relationship with God? You raise your hand. I'm going to say a simple prayer, and I want you to repeat this prayer with me from the bottom of your heart. All we're doing is putting our faith and our trust in Jesus. We're going to say it together as a community, as a church, as a family. We're going to join you in, in prayer. I want you to repeat after me. It's not my prayer that saves. It's faith in Jesus that saves. I'm just making it easy for you. Come on, repeat after me. Say, Father. Father. Come on, say it loud. Say, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you rose again. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I am forgiven, I am saved, and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, Calvary, can we really celebrate? We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.